What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, welcome to this week's Bald Head Bible Podcast. Um, And I'd just like to encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, to please consider supporting us. Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible, and there you'll see different levels that you can support us at. It isn't much. I'm not trying to get rich off of this or anything like that, but you can support us for the mighty amount of $1 a month. $1 a month, which comes to $12 a year. And what do you get for that? Well, you get access to the Baldhead Bible Podcast after show, Waxing the Dome. It's a 10-minute show where I'll be talking about various things, and I'll probably be, number one, talking about extra content that I wasn't able to get at about the character for this week, and I'll throw in some things that I just ran out of time to talk about and wasn't able to fit in the show. Or, or number two, I'll be interviewing some really cool people, some theological friends I have or pastoral friends I have who can give us some insight on the book or the character we're going through that week. Or finally, I'll just interview some really cool people that are just fun to meet. Or maybe I'll just chat about stuff. But it's just for supporters of the podcast. It's going to be a 10-minute show. Our premiere episode is free, so check it out, Baldhead Bible Podcast after show waxing the dome but starting this week it's only going to be accessible to our supporters so for a dollar a month you get access to this 10 minute after show podcast which will be a lot of fun but if you want to go higher you can support us for three dollars a month and there you get the after show waxing the dome as well as a sticker We've created some Bald Head Bible merch, if you'd like to look at it that way, and I will mail you a sticker if you join for $3 per month. And our highest level is $5 a month, and there you get the Bald Head Bible podcast after show waxing the dome. Plus, secondly, you get a sticker. Plus, thirdly, you get the ability to download a PDF and it'll be a series of questions that you can use to think through the story in the podcast. You could use these questions as a way to have devotions with your family or use it with your Bible study group. And I'll try to throw in, if I can, a little crossword puzzle that maybe your kid and you can fill in as you listen to the podcast. So... You get that if you join at $5 per month. So think about supporting the podcast. You can support us, again, easily for $1 a month. It's called the Buzz Cut. Or you can join us at $3 a month, which is called Shaved. You're getting closer to the bald goodness. And then the highest level, $5 a month. And that's called True Baldy. You have reached true bald head Bible perfection. So I'd encourage you to think about it. Um, it costs me some money to put this podcast on. But of course, you don't have to join at all. And you can just listen to the main podcast, which will always be free. 
and I want to get the message of the Bible and the excitement of Scripture out there. So do not worry, that will always be free. But if you'd like to think about supporting us, go once again to patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible or just go to patreon.com and search baldheadbible. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Samson stumbled out, and he fell over repeatedly, and they all laughed. Ha! Ha 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 And they all mocked him, and the young boy helped him stand up, and maybe the young boy punched him in the stomach himself, and they all laughed. Yay! And they gave a cheer, and Samson couldn't see a thing. He had no eyes, and his eye sockets were shriveled shut, and he was probably covered with cuts and bruises from the beatings he took, and here he was in this big hall with everybody laughing and mocking him, and people drinking, and hey, this is the performance by Samson, and they bring him out, the great ravager of the Philistines. And they celebrate and they cheer as they watch him stumble and fall and they throw things at him and they are mocking him. And Samson wipes his brow and then he feels it. Oh, he feels it. It's, it's there. He feels it on his scalp. It's it's there. A big smile comes across his face. It's coming back. It's coming back. Just you wait, Philistines. Just you wait. Now, how did Samson get to this point? He's the great mighty Samson who had lifted gates and huge city gates and dragged them 40 miles. This was strong, mighty Samson who had done great things. How did he get to the point where he's blind and being led around by a young man or a young boy and being mocked at and picked on by the Philistines? He had just defeated them. Well, if you turn to Judges chapter 16, you find out why. There you meet Delilah. Now, Delilah, okay, was a Philistine woman. Again, Samson was not supposed to pursue women outside of the tribe. He wasn't supposed to pursue women outside of the Israelite heritage. He wasn't supposed to pursue Gentiles, but here he was, pursuing Delilah. And it says that Samson loved Delilah. He loved her. He loved Delilah. And I think a better way to put it is he lusted after Delilah. Remember his first wife? It says she was right in his eyes and he thought she was beautiful, baby, I want you. I think it's the same thing here with Delilah. The word Delilah means of the night, but it can also mean devotee, somebody devoted. And many people think that Delilah 
was devoted to the temple and in particular to the worship of the Philistine god Dagon. Here, Samson, he's devoted to Yahweh, right? And that's who he should be pursuing, Yahweh. But instead, he's allowed his heart to follow a Philistine woman who he's in love with, named Delilah, who's devoted to this god named Dagon. How does that happen? Samson is a judge. He's supposed to be leading Israel in their pursuit of Yahweh as they throw off all their oppressors. But no, he's hanging out with Delilah, devoted to the god Dagon. He's following his lust. He's following his heart rather than his head and what he knows he should do. Well, one day, the Philistine lords come to Delilah. Because they hear who she's hanging out with. And there were probably five of them, because there were five major cities in the Philistine land. And each of the lords of those five major cities came and they said, Hey, Delilah, listen. If you seduce and get information out of Samson as to where he gets his great strength from. If you seduce him and get that information, we will each pay you 1,100 pieces of silver. When Delilah hears that, her ears prick up. 1,100 from five kings. That's, that's, that's 5,500 pieces of silver. I'm rich. I'd be set. Samson loves Delilah. But Delilah does not love Samson. She loves money. And maybe she was impressed with his strength and his might. And, hey, he's got a cool name. I'll hang out with Samson. Yeah, but then comes along money. And she's like, yes, my heart is devoted to money. My heart is devoted to my people. My heart is not devoted to Samson. But Samson, he doesn't pick up on it. Samson, in this whole story, is not smart. And you wonder where his brain is. And that's the problem with lust, right? That's the problem when you're led by your senses instead of your brain. Instead of following God, you're just led by your animal passions. And you don't think things through. Well, Samson, he does not understand the trouble he's in. Well, Delilah begins to work her wiles on Samson. And she begins to whisper in his ear, Hey, Sammy, tell me the secret of your great strength. Where does it come from? Please tell me where, where do you get your big, strong muscles from, Samson? Please, you gotta tell me. Please, 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 please. And she whines and she complains and she presses and she presses. And finally, Samson's like, whoa, dude, all right, I'll tell you. Okay, listen, come here. I get my strength. If, if, if you want to break my strength, if you want to take my strength away, all you got to do is bind me with seven bowstrings. Seven fresh new bowstrings that, that, that have never been dried. You, you got to get seven bowstrings. Tie me with those. My strength's gone. <clears throat> and he's laughing to himself because 
He's totally lied. He's totally made it up. But Delilah, she's like, oh, that's good to know. You know, have a bow where you shoot an arrow out of the bow. Bing! Well, that string that shoots that arrow, she gets seven of those. And she gets men from the Philistine army to hide in the inner chamber, it says, probably in one of her rooms. And she probably drugs Samson's drink. And he takes a drink of water or grape juice or milk or whatever, and he slams it down, and he's like, yeah, I love hanging with Delilah, Delilah's <sighs> And he is out. And so Delilah comes and takes his arms behind his back and takes those seven bowstrings and ties him up. And then she comes running into the room and says, Sammy, Sammy, wake up. And she shakes him, wake up. The Philistines are upon you. And snap. Samson's like, dude, where are they? He snaps these bowstrings like they're nothing. The Bible says like they had touched fire. They were just gone like that. And the men who in the ambush, they are about to come out. And when they saw how much he snapped those bowstrings, they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they ran back in. They're thinking, he could easily snap our necks. And Delilah's like, what, Sammy? You lied to me. I can't believe you didn't tell me the truth. And it says she cried and she whined. And I can't believe it. And maybe she threw a tantrum. And she threw a pot and a pan and a glass. And she was furious. And then the next day, she goes, take me shop. And so he takes her to the local Philistine mall and she runs up his credit card and then she falls in love with Samson again and shows him all this great affection. And then she withholds affection. I'm not going to kiss you. No, I'm not going to give you a hug. And back and forth, playing his heartstring. And finally he's like, all right, Delilah, I'll tell you the secret of my strength. He says, listen, uh, if you tie me up with new ropes, yeah, yeah, that's it, new ropes, tie me up with new ropes, then I'll become as weak as a little baby, I'll become as weak as anybody. And Delilah's like, yes, and so she makes him fall asleep again, I think she's drugging him, because... Why would you not guess what's happening every time you wake up and you're bound? Or, or how in the world did she bind him without waking him up? Well, she makes him fall asleep. She binds him with new ropes. But what she forgets is Samson, at this point, isn't even being creative. Samson, at this point, had used this lie Earlier in chapter 15, he had said to the men of Judah, Hey, if you bind me with new rope... I'll be weak and all my strength will be gone. And he tricked the Philistines and killed them that way. And here, he's not even being creative at this point. And she brings in the men who are hiding in her inner chamber. And they're about to come out to ambush. And she comes running in and says, Samson, Samson, wake up. The Philistines are upon you. Snap. The new ropes just snap just like that. <laughs> and she's like, no. And she is so upset. And she whines and she complains. And then she loves him and gives him back rubs and makes him his best meal. And then she withholds any hugs and affection and then gives him some affection. And then back and forth and back and forth. Samson can't handle this, all this whining and complaining. And then... Maybe by this point, Samson is getting mad. Because this next 
lie that Samson tells is just bizarre. I mean, this lie that he makes up is just way out there. And maybe he's like, you know what? I am going to lie. And if she's going to tie me up and do weird things to me, I'm going to make her work for it. Because he says, all right, listen, babe, listen. If you want the secret of my strength, if you want to break my strength, this is what you got to do. You got to separate my beautiful long hair into seven locks. And then you've got to put them in a loom. And then you've got to run a pin through it. That's what you got to do, babe. And Delilah's like, yes! And so she drugs his drink. He falls asleep. And then she brings in a weaver's loom. You know, it was this big square thing with pieces of string. And you'd run this shuttle back and forth in between it. And so she takes his hair and... Gets it into seven locks and puts it in this weaver's loom. And then she starts to weave it. And then she pins it. I mean, I don't know how long this took her. I mean, this is insane. And finally, he's got this big contraption with his hair. And he must have had long, long hair for this to even work. And he's laying on the couch with his hair pulled tight back in this weaver's loom and she runs in Samson Samson the fell states are upon you and he wakes up and whoosh, with one whip of his hair he just breaks that pin breaks that loom Samson was so mighty even his hair had muscles it all shatters and Delilah is furious and she is so upset and she is so mad and now she brings the big guns she brings out the l word samson samson how can you say you love me oh no babe babe Babe, I love you, babe, babe, what are you saying, babe? Don't pull out the L word that I love you. No, you doubt that. Delilah is smart. She is weaving her way into his heart. She is manipulating him. And Samson wants her so badly. Once his passions fulfilled so badly that he betrays Yahweh. He betrays Yahweh. Now think about that. Yahweh is the source of his strength. Yahweh is the source of his everything. And he gives all of that up to pursue his passion for a woman. Yahweh says, I don't want you to marry out of the Jewish faith. I don't want you to pursue women out of the Jewish faith. He doesn't care. He doesn't listen. He does what his heart wants. Yahweh says, I want you to pursue me and to follow me. I am everything you need. I promise you, I will give you strength. I will give you victory. I will give you joy. Samson just pursues what he wants with his lusts, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, First John talks about, the pride of life. He pursues that. Why? Why would you give up 
every glorious thing you are achieving with God for a momentary pleasure with this woman? And it's the same question that many people ask today of people who had everything. It looked like they gave up a reputation to pursue an adulterous affair. They gave up a happy home life, a successful career to pursue an alcoholic addiction, a drug addiction. Why would you let that one little thing become so obsessive that you would give up all this awesome, wonderful thing you have? Well, the same question comes back to Samson, and the answer is when we stop obeying God, and start pursuing the flesh and pride, that's what happens. Bad things happen when you pursue self. And the thing is, Samson, he thought he was strong enough. He knew, I think, deep down inside, he shouldn't be with Delilah. He shouldn't be with this Gentile woman. He knew deep down inside he shouldn't be there. And he thought he could play around with her and still remain loyal to Yahweh. I mean, look at the first lie. Yeah, yeah, tie me up with seven bowstrings, you know, and I can have Delilah, but I won't really tell her the truth. No, I'm strong. And yes, he mocked her and he won, but he's playing with sin. Second lie comes along. He's not even creative, makes one up. Third lie comes along. He thinks he can have this sin and have God at the same time. He can play around with sin, but I just want to say, you think you're playing around with sin, but sin is not playing around with you. All the way back in the story of Cain and Abel, God comes to Cain and says, listen, sin's desire is for you. It wants to devour you. Sin as a plan. Sin will win if you play around with it long enough. And here we see Samson, so consumed for his passion and lust for this woman that he forsakes his Nazarite vow to Yahweh. And one way we see that is when Samson reveals how to defeat his strength, he basically says this. He says, listen, a razor has never come upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. That word for God, it's just the word Elohim. It's just the average word for God. It's just the generic word for God. If he had been truly following God, he would have used God's divine name, which he does later. He would have called him Yahweh. He would have called him Lord but instead, in this passionate, lustful moment, he just gives it all up and just calls him God, like Dagon, like Baal. He's just God. He doesn't care. He says, if, if you shave my head, my strength will be gone. And it says, when Delilah heard this, she finally knew that he had told her all his heart. He'd given her everything. He thought he could play around with sin and win, but instead sin 
goddess heart. And she called the lords of the Philistines. She drugged his drink. He fell asleep. And then she comes in, Samson, Samson, the Philistines have come upon you. And he stands up and he begins to think he's going to fight because she tied him up. And he can't fight. His strength has gone away. And all of a sudden, the Philistines are upon him and they grabbed him. And it says that Samson began to fight and he thought he could fight as he could before But it says, in verse 20, one of the saddest verses in the Bible, it says he awoke from his sleep, and it says he'll go out and shake myself free as he did before, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. He didn't know the Lord had left him. That's how far he was from God. That's how detached he was from the things of God. He didn't realize the Lord had left him. He knew his strength came from the Lord. He knew that. And when the Spirit of the Lord did not rush upon him, I wonder if the reality of what he gave up hit him like a ton of bricks. Because the next thing you know is they force Samson to the ground and they take a hot poker and stick it in one eye and stick it in the other eye and then they grind and gouge out his eyes and make him completely blind and then they take shackles bronze shackles it says and put him around his wrists and drag him back to gaza completely defeated and completely destroyed the mighty samson is now under the control of the Philistines, and then they humiliate him even further by making him grind corn. That was a huge humiliation. It wasn't some big grinder thing that you sometimes see on TV with this big wooden thing coming out that would be on an ox where they had mighty Samson push it. No, remember, he had no strength. He was weak and wimpy, and so they probably gave him two stones, and they put corn between the stones and said, grind it. This was considered women's work. And back then, if you wanted to humiliate a man, you gave him what they thought was woman's work. And that was huge humiliation for Samson. And here he is, blind, grinding corn, being dragged into the temple occasionally to be mocked, being dragged into the temple occasionally to be made fun of, And as he's dragged in, I wonder if one day they're mocking him, they're tripping him. The young man leading him is punching him in the stomach, and he is just weak and useless. And he can't see a thing. He's blind. His eyes have been gouged out. And he stands up from the table. Like I said, he rubs his brow, and there his hair. His hair is coming back. It says in Judges 16, verse 22, the hair of his head began to grow, and he felt it. I wonder if he looked up and it reminded him, Yahweh, that's where my strength comes from. Not that my hair grows long, but my strength comes from Yahweh because I've committed my life to follow him. And I wonder if the memories of growing up and his parents saying, listen, we've devoted you to God. We're not going to cut your hair. That's why we let it grow long, because that's a sign of your devotion to Yahweh. 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 
and as his hair began to grow, so did Samson's faith. And I think by the time we get to verse 23, we see a different Samson. A Samson who's confessed his sin. A Samson who's repented. A Samson who realizes what he gave up. The greatest love of his life, Yahweh, his God. To pursue the temporary passions that destroyed him. Then one day, they drag him into the temple. And they're mocking him, and they're throwing stuff at him, and they're making Samson dance, and they're making Samson do push-ups, and they're making Samson wear weird outfits, and throwing food at him. And in between shows, the young man brings him over, and he leans against one of the posts, and he feels the post. An idea begins to form in his head, and takes his other hand and he leans against the other post that isn't too far away. An idea begins to form in his head and then they drag him out again. And and one day they bring him in and I think they make him do all these performances out in this outer court because it says one day when the Philistines were in their temple and they were cheering their god Dagon and they were celebrating him, they brought in Samson, the ravager of their country, and they said, look who our God gave us. And they gave praise to Dagon for giving them Samson. And it said 3,000 men and women were on the roof of this temple. So I think to see Samson, he was probably in some outer court doing his thing, being mocked. And in between performances, they would bring him inside the temple where he would take a break, you know, get a drink of water, and they'd shove him back again into the outer court where they'd laugh at him and mock him. And then finally they bring him in and they are celebrating their God, day God, day God. And they're chanting his name and Samson is leaning against one of those pillars. And he looks up and he says, Oh, Yahweh, oh, Lord God, please remember me and strengthen me only this once. And Samson puts his arm on one pillar and he goes into the middle a little bit and then leans against the other pillar. And it says he begins to push. He puts his right hand on one. And it says he bowed with all his strength. And the idea there is that he pushed and he shoved. And the pillars began to move off their foundations. And and the people inside the temple started to see little chunks of the ceiling fall off. And the people on the ceiling started to feel things rumble beneath them. And finally, Samson shoves the pillars down. And down comes the roof of the temple. And down comes Dagon. And down goes the Philistines. And it says in one fell swoop, Samson on that day killed more Men and women killed more Philistines that day than he did in his entire lifetime. Up to that point, he'd killed 1,030 Philistines. 
Now he probably killed in excess of three to five thousand or more. And the next day, or maybe many days later, it says the family of Samson came down to Gaza. I can imagine they looked through the rubble. They found the body of Samson. And it says they dragged him out. They took him back home. They buried him. And it says he had judged Israel 20 years. And you know, when I look at the life of Samson, I am struck with this simple idea. But it's a difficult idea. But it's so simple. But it's so hard to live out. And what's that simple idea? It's this. You need to obey God. I need to obey God. What could God have done with Samson if Samson's heart had been completely devoted to him? God did amazing things with Samson, but Samson didn't even give him the credit. And he thought probably when he was with Delilah that some of his strength came from him and he forgot that all of his strength came from Yahweh. And he pursued his lust and his passion, his desires and his eyes and what he wanted. He pursued that. He pursued self. He pursued passion. He pursued pride. He pursued the very things the world say we should pursue. And he ultimately was killed and destroyed by those very passions. What could God have done with Samson if he had simply obeyed? But at every corner, he was disobeying, pursuing his own thing. But what if he had pursued Yahweh instead? What amazing things God could have done. And I'm preaching to myself as much to anybody that I need to obey and I don't need a 10-year, 15-year, 20-year life goal or life plan. It'd be great if you could have that. But you know what? If you have a simple goal to obey him today, and then a simple goal to obey him tomorrow, and then to obey him the next day, and then to obey him the next day, and then to obey him the next day, if you simply do that, man, you don't know the adventure God will take you on. And someday when you're old, you'll look back and you'll go, man, I never thought I'd do that. I never planned to go there. I can't believe I'm here. Man, this is exciting to see what God has done. And all I did was choose to obey him today, tomorrow, and the next day. I just want to encourage you. If you're tempted to pursue something you know the Bible says is wrong, if you're tempted to cave in to the pressure of the world and to call something good that the Bible says is evil. You know, you're afraid of the names you're going to be called. You're afraid of what it's going to cost you to stand up. I just want to encourage you. The story of Samson should be a stark reminder of what will happen if you give in. What will happen if you pursue the things of this world and the things of the flesh and disobedience? God's showing us in his word, this is what I want. Study it. Know it. Choose to obey God consistently as best I can, as best you can, every day. Let's not be like Samson. 
Thank you for listening to Bald Head Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Bald Head Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.